Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Some kids are back in school now, others uh, about a week or so away. By Wednesday or so of next week, I would uh, guess the majority will uh, all be back in. Um, And if you'd like to share your thoughts with us on your kids finally going back to school, both concerns and positives, you're more than welcome to at 855-432-ROCK. You know, more so uh, than the concerns of uh, kids going in and and, uh, catching the the disease and bringing it home, which we've discussed uh, many, many times, uh, interested to see just how school plays out amongst students and certainly those who are uh, above 12 and allowed to get vaccinated because if you've been in a home over the summer or throughout this uh, pandemic where perhaps you've got anti-vaxxers or vaccine hesitant then a lot of students will have heard that side of things Uh, students coming out of homes who are very pro-vaccine are going to heard that side of it and, you know, bullying is uh, is a thing and still is a thing, of course, an ongoing problem uh, amongst uh, school-age children. This might be another level. You know, remember when you were a kid and somebody had the cooties? Right. You know, I, I feel and, I, and I'm concerned that this will be another angle of bullying for either those who haven't been vaccined, being bullied by those who have, or those who don't believe but had to get it to get into school, that that will be now another divide amongst students and, and a cause for concern. Well, it, that plays into Doug Ford's argument originally that he didn't want vaccine passports because right. he didn't want to, you know, segregate society further, mm-hmm. right? And here you show your passport and, oh, you don't have one. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? But I, I think you're seeing more and more now, you know, private companies and businesses who are saying, no, we, we want these things because mm-hmm. we want to know who's vaccinated, who's not. When it comes down to kids and school, it's interesting. Um, the GTHO, which is one of the biggest hockey leagues in the greater Toronto Hockey League, um, you know, for uh, for a high-end uh, hockey talent, has uh, recently released a statement that all kids 12 and older will require a vaccine to play in the GTHL. You know, so we've heard about, you know, vaccine passports for Adults, right? 18 mm-hmm. plus university students, college students, and, and some businesses and employees, especially federally. But you know, I haven't heard much of a, of a mandate for kids to have it mm-hmm. yet. There is not a mandate for school kids to have it, although they're talking about that, right? And whether or not they will require it for all kids 12 plus. Um, It'll eventually get added to the list on that yellow card. I, I, right? I, I think likely so. It certainly, certainly seems that's the road we're headed down. But, you know, as a parent, yeah, I, I want, uh, for two reasons. One, yeah, I want my kids out of the house. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's where they belong yep. in school. And, and, there's, uh, and, and certainly I want them to have a sense of normalcy too. Because, you know, as much as we complain about what we've given up throughout this, mm-hmm. I've watched my kids give up a hell of a lot of, of their childhood uh, freedoms in over the last year. And sure, they've had, you know, creature comforts that we didn't have of online video gaming and online schooling to, to, to help get them through this. Mm. But it's not the same as just having, you know, the freedom of a schoolyard to, to kind of play around in and, and, and have fun in. And it's been tough. And I, I think, you know, mel- mental illness will be a, a, a real, has been and will continue to be a real struggle uh, throughout all of this for a lot of kids. And some anxiety about returning back to school just in the environment of other people mm. let alone the pandemic part of it 
right? Just getting back into that environment will be big uh, for for a lot of kids. And, you know, uh, yes, there's there's not a fear, but there's certainly some, some trepidation, hesitancy, anxiousness uh, about sending the kids back in this environment and what, what it's going to be like. Uh, with you know, especially if you've got younger kids who can't be vaccinated, and, mm. and um, sure, then you know, yes, they have less of a chance of of getting it, of passing it, and certainly of of uh, feeling the severe effects of it. But you know, like we've said all along, you don't want this, you don't wish this on anyone, mm. and, and and you certainly aren't going to wish this on, wish this on children either, because we don't know what the long term effects of having it are for them either. You know, and some kids, because, yeah, we, we want them all back in school. But if you remember uh, to our time in school, whenever there was an opportunity to not be there, we would latch on and run right. with it, right? There will be some kids, if they know that in their parents there is a, a real fear, they'll go. They'll come home from school. They'll go, uh, Jimmy, Billy, and Tommy all had the sniffles today. I don't <laughs> think I should be in there. And, you know, there'll be some mom and dads who say, no, you're staying home. Like right. they'll, they'll work it to their angle to, uh, uh, to not yeah. have to go. I don't feel safe today. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm anxious. I'm concerned. Right. All right. Stay home. Okay. Onto the computer I go. Onto the video games. We'll see. I. Uh, it certainly is going to be an interesting time. You know, they have the... Uh, they have, of course, all the safety in place and are trying to make sure the schools are as safe as possible. And yet you're still going to have, you know, kids riding on school buses and other things where they're all going to be crammed into that bus together and is wearing masks, certainly. But uh, it's, it's just going to be a big old learning curve with a lot of bumps along the way, I would I, think. I know there are some schools that are uh, that are implementing kind of like a random testing program, mm. a volunteer one. Uh, and I, you know, personally, I think there probably should be more of that, mm-hmm. both for vaccinated and unvaccinated, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to know, uh, you know, when these are happening. And, and sure, it, it would be a voluntary thing. And I think there would probably be a, a number of parents who would volunteer to either test their kids or have their kids tested if, if you know, if kits were sent home mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, you know what, every now and then, once every couple of weeks, why don't you just, you know, do this? PCR test and see, you need to track these kind of things, right? You need to know where the outbreaks are happening and when they're happening. Uh, We're going to have to find ways to live with this Mm -hmm. for for quite some time time to come, right? So it's now about developing ways to live with it. It's not about living in fear of it. Mm -hmm. It's about finding ways and, and developing ways to live with it. This is a classic. I never tire of this. It's happened to many people many times. Somebody will send in a list of fake names. There's a great thing on uh, YouTube. I was scurrying around looking for it, and I couldn't dig it up, but there's a, a great little prank that these guys used to pull where in airports they would uh, send names to the airport announcer. Right, yeah. And it would always be a fake name and a funny name, and you hear these airport announcers. The Simpsons ran a great bit on yeah. that, too. That was, that was the longstanding of Bart calling Moe's Tavern <laughs> with names like Amanda Huggenkiss. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, well, it happened again recently. A school bo- a school board meeting uh, happened, and it uh, was going down last week. This has gone viral because someone sent in a bunch of fake names of people who wanted to ask questions of the school board, and a board member read them without realizing it was a prank. Thank you so much, Ms. Thomas. We do appreciate you. Phil McCracken. <laughs> Phil McCracken. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dover. Don Kittick. Don Kittick. Wayne Kerr. Wayne Kerr. <laughs> it is amazing how they can go that long. Now, 
there was something back in, I think, like 2015, 14. There was a, if you probably remember this, there was a, a plane crash. And it was all over the news. And somehow the reporter ended up saying all these Asian-sounding names. Right, yes, but they yes. Were, it was really it was it was bad. totally offside. But the fact that it actually made it through all the producers, got on TV, the announcer went through the whole list. Not for a second did she say, wait, a, hold on. Right, yeah. <laughs> hold the phone here. Uh, and, and then they had to apologize after. And again, you know, the legend of Ron Burgundy yeah. poked fun at that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, like I've done some TV, and when you have someone speaking in your ear telling you something mm. as you're speaking, mm-hmm. it is one of the hardest things to to kind of keep your concentration. Mm-hmm. And when that person in your ear isn't trustworthy, <laughs> it's even worse. I've had a couple <laughs> of that when you're dealing in, like, community television with a volunteer in your ear who can't get a name right if his life depended on it. Phil McCracken just oh, scored yeah. that goal. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> McCracken from Bend Over. This has started a bit of an online discussion. Some guy in the UK is trending because of something he does when he stays at a hotel. He stays at many of them for business. He's on the road. And he says before he checks out, he strips the sheets off the bed and stacks them up just to make the maid's job a little easier. He posted a photo on Facebook of how he does it, and the uh, Internet has uh, hopped on. Some people think it's a great plan. Other think, others think it's unnecessary. Many saying, well, the maids are paid to do that, so why would you do it for them? Right. One person had a different take. They just said, it's not right or wrong. It's just odd. Um, and a few hotel maids also weighed in and said it's nice when guests do it, but they'd never expect people to do it. I don't know. If I would want to see <laughs> the, the condition of the mattress, <laughs> especially yeah. after I've slept in it. <laughs> what are you doing so bad well, in one me. night? Oh. I've already spent the night in that thing. I and then see you what you're saying. Pull back that sheet to find out. <laughs> hmm. Old DNA soup going on. Exactly. Now, the one thing the maids say that you should never do, you can strip the bed if you want because they're going to strip it. So it's one less thing for them to do. But don't make it. It's completely pointless because they have to strip it. Right. You know, it's like the people who hire a a, a maid to clean their home and then clean the house before the maid gets there. Everyone does that. Do they? Well, at least I've never had a maid. At least square up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody does that. What kind of world do you live in? (laughs) I don't know anybody who doesn't have a maid. No, I didn't say that. If you do have someone, anytime you have someone coming over to your house, you pretend that you don't live there for a while. That is very true. I've used your line a few times. When we were actually organizing for Daniel and Ariel to come home, I said, oh, like Lucky says, we got to make it look like nobody lives here. Because <laughs> we went crazy cleaning the place up. And then- oh, yeah. We get so embarrassed. We're, we're so comfortable living in our own filth, mm. but embarrassed that others might see it. I, uh, I The only little thing I do in a hotel when I'm leaving is I will pick up all the towels and other stuff that we've used in the bathroom. You know, so you'll throw one towel down on the floor in front of the shower gotcha, and this right. type of thing. And then the towel you use to dry off. I'll, like, hang those on hooks and let them air dry a little bit. I just think it's gross to leave everything sitting on the floor. Right. So I pick all that stuff. Or up. at least put them into the, to- the the tub. Yeah, yeah. I've never done that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just hang them all up. Because I just think they're all, if they're all gathered and wet... Yeah, it's gross. It's gross for the maid to have to touch all that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I get rid of all my sex toys and my... <laughs> drug, go around, pick those up. <laughs> drug paraphernalia. Yeah, that's right. When was 
the last time you tried something new? You know, anything. We, 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 get, we get set in our ways. We like what we like, and we're, uh, we're rare to veer off a path we know uh, we enjoy. Yeah, I tried the uh, the new Popeye's chicken sandwich. And that was, it's not even that new, to no. be honest. I just hadn't had it. Yeah. It was very good. But, I mean, a chicken sandwich isn't really venturing out. No, but, you know, they say trying anything new, even as simple as trying a new food, is, is very good for you. It makes you feel better. It boosts your happiness. It makes you more creative. It can be anything. It could be, you know, say you go for a walk every day. Going in another direction, trying a different path, right? Uh, anything uh, it gives you energy, raises your self esteem. It uh, also can, it can also have the adverse effect of uh, wondering why the hell didn't I do this before? Right, right. Like uh, um, our our buddy Fazio's, uh, I had this, pe- I had a meatball pizza there. Yeah. I'd never tried that before. Mm-hmm. I've been eating it for years. Why the hell didn't I try this thing before? Food is an interesting one because we're so particular about our food. Right. And, and, you know, with fast food, if you go to any particular fast food place, there's probably one item you pick and you always pick it and you never veer off of that. But uh, I think I'm I'm pretty good about sampling new things, especially when I see a new restaurant that just opens up, especially mm. if it's a mom and pop shop. You're good with that. You've been to more restaurants in the, what, seven or eight years that you've lived yeah. here than I've been in the 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a new, uh, I, I believe it's African fusion, some sort of uh, fusion of African food and something. And they just opened up very close to us. And Maria and I got takeout from there the other night. Good was, for you. It was very I, good. I, I hear that, and I think that would be fusing my ass to a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the fusion that would be happening after I eat yeah. there. Oh, no, I've, I've suffered. <laughs> I have suffered for my attempts at trying new things. But uh, even, like, changing up the, uh, the music you listen to, especially now with all the options you have out there, uh-huh. every now and then... Like if I'm on the golf course or sitting in the backyard, I go, you know what? I'm just going to listen to something so randomly different. Right. Like I'll like I'll I'll go back and I'll listen to like like 1950s or 40s music or something, or I'll listen to just like jazz or anything to kind of give my ears a new sound. Right. You know, something different. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but there are so many people who are resistant to that. I mean, yeah. we just played Zeppelin. Yeah. Right. And there are people who will hear something brand new mm. and go, oh, no, 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 no. Can't do it. I can't take I know. it. I know. Yeah. Or, or changing up TV shows. Uh, I'm, of course, very guilty right. of, of watching sitcoms over and over and over again. I mean, I'm re-watching How I Met Your Mother for crying out loud. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. But, but that being said, you also watch all the new ones. Documentary. Oh, yeah, all the new sitcoms. Yeah, like you just... watch an unbelievable yeah. amount of sitcoms. Yeah, it's a problem. I, and so the fact that like, I don't know how you have time to go back and rewatch old ones when you're watching all of the new ones. I'm home 20 hours a day. So this is true. <laughs> I've got lots of time. And it's just always on in the background. It's not like I sit down on the couch and watch it. Like, right. You know, we have our living room and kitchen is all one room. And so when I'm preparing dinner, instead of, say, having music on, I'll, I'll put on a sitcom and it's just kind of playing in the background. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, sometimes we know what we know and we like what we like. And why, like, I could go off now and start watching some cop dramas. Yeah. But I'd be like, well, I knew all along I wasn't going to enjoy this. Right. Why did I attempt it, you know? Anyhow, if you if you find yourself kind of doing the same stuff over and over and over again, it is good for you to try to break it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, put put the put the hot dog down. <laughs> Have a salad for crying out loud. <laughs> 
I guess because of the pandemic, or maybe this is just uh, the way uh, times are changing, but uh, small, intimate weddings seem to be the in thing now instead of the big, you know, 300, 400 people yes. weddings. Yeah. It could be pandemic related, or maybe it's just the way the industry is going is things are so expensive now, and a lot of young couples are kind of looking to their future and thinking, well, I'd like to buy a home before I'm 60. So I think it's certainly pandemic related in the sense that, you know, People are restricted from having the big wedding mm. that they wanted to have. And some have decided, well, right, they will wait in order to have the big one that, that they want. Or others have decided, no, we'll go ahead and just have the small one. It's more important just to get married and, mm. and we'll move forward from there. Uh, the benefits, of course, to a small wedding is that you can mingle and have fun instead of staying in your own groove. So, you know, the problem with big weddings is, and I, and I God knows being married into an Italian family, I've been to enough of them. You know, if you go to the church, that's one thing. It's earlier in the day, and you really don't spend a lot of time talking to anybody because you go into the church and you sit down and you you listen to the uh, to the ceremony and you observe that. And then you get to the reception hall and you say hello to the bride and groom and you wish them well and you say hello to the whole wedding party and you make your way to your table and then you grab a drink and yeah, you mingle uh, amongst probably the people mostly at your table. Uh, and then once you you're eating, that's that. And then the music gets cranked up, and everybody basically just sits at their own table and stares. Yeah. Like, it gets pretty boring after it's, dinner. It, it, it's a lot like having a family dinner <laughs> in a in a very big establishment. Yeah. Right? Because you end up likely getting seated with you know, your own family. Yeah. <laughs> or close to them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you're, yeah, you're basically hanging out with each other. We thought we were so bright when we got married that we didn't do uh, prearranged seating for people. We just said, come on in and sit wherever you oh, want. Oh, really? Because we wanted people to mingle. And uh, that didn't work only because everybody still just sat with their own family. Yeah. Oh, no, this is saved for my dad. This Probably is saved even for my more mom. so, yeah. Um, it's a smaller wedding, of course. It's cheaper. It's more intimate. Uh, less pressure when it comes to giving the speeches because a lot of people just don't like talking in front of big groups of people. And uh -huh. so if you only got to talk in front of, say, 40 instead of 400, that helps. Uh -huh. And basically, you can spend more time with the people you're closest to, and you don't have to invite people you don't actually like. Right. Or know. Right. And then this is a great example of that. So there's a couple who uh, were getting married. And uh, they were having a destination wedding in Jamaica. And one couple who had RSVP'd that they were going to be there, actually a couple of times had committed to being there, didn't show up. Mm. So the bride and groom invoiced them for $240, $120 each for their seat at the reception. I'm, I'm confused by this in the sense that, okay, it's, if it's a destination wedding... Then it's at a resort, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe maybe they did something different. Maybe they had Airbnbs. Maybe they rented something that wasn't actually in a resort. I'm right. not sure. They must have obviously had to pay over and above for the seating and the dinner. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting kind of question because a lot of people have vilified these people saying, uh, you know what, it's, you just chalk it up to a loss. Mm. But... You know, especially now that wedding sizes have been reduced, mm -hmm. you know, having a no-show when you are limited to having 20, 30, 40 people mm. uh, or less or more, just slightly more at it, uh, is difficult. You really have to make some decisions, perhaps amongst your family and certainly your friends, yeah. as to who you're going to invite. So to have people that don't show up, 
And, and I, I, uh, I had heard about this story. I was talking about it with Adrian at home. And, and she reminded me that there were a couple of people that didn't show up to ours. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember I had totally forgotten about it. And it's been a few years since. Um, but I remember at the time being absolutely pissed. Really? Yeah, yeah, because they were uh, among our group of friends, but there's others we could have invited mm. had they said, no, they weren't coming. But they had responded that they were coming, and then just on the day just didn't show. There was no uh, explanation ever given, no gift or nothing. nothing. Well, if they didn't come to your wedding, why do they got to give you a gift? Well, I mean, traditionally, the gift is you, know, you kind of pay for your plate kind of thing, right? Right, right. Um, but... You would think, you know, hey, uh, if you couldn't make the wedding, you'd be like, I'm so sorry, mm. you know, that nothing. That, uh, that nothing. And these are still friends? People used no, to- no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't talked to them since, actually. <laughs> I had one guy, and, and I, I still speak to him occasionally. I just never brought it up because I always feel like he must have just thought he didn't and, and he forgot. Or maybe he thought his girlfriend took care of it and she didn't. But uh, I remember them coming to our wedding and uh, working the bar pretty hard and eating all the food and enjoying the evening and nothing. There was no, there was no gift. There was no, oh really? There was, so they showed up and enjoyed the evening and still didn't give anything. Yeah. And I, I've just always been too embarrassed for them. And I never would have brought it up at the end of the day. What does it really matter? Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know like you know with this one, if it was a destination wedding. You know, my thought on that is that, that my showing up is the gift mm. at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very tough to ask people to spend their coin to come to your wedding. And then, oh, yeah, on top of that, you know, by the way, send us a gift as well. You know, I've been to a couple of destination weddings and I have, uh, yeah, I've looked at them the same way going into them. It's like, oh, now I'm being forced yeah. into spending all of this money. But not going with a gift, you feel like a heel. You got to give something. Right? Uh, well, at the destination wedding, no, I agree with you. I think me yeah. being there is enough. Um, I don't think I've given a gift at a destination wedding. But uh, because, again, it's at a resort, it's all in the, right. the, the cost of it. I'm kind of paying for my plate yeah. with the reservation. plane, yeah. Uh, but I've always looked back on it fondly. I'm like, oh, I'm glad we did that. We right. needed a vacation anyhow. We haven't been away in a long time. It forced us to do something. Good excuse. You know, you know it's a good excuse. I am happy to see, though, that they're charging only $120 per plate because Maria and I have had this fight now for years. When we go to weddings, I'm always like, well, what are we doing? 100 bucks a head? Right. She's like, we've been giving $100 a head since the 80s. Yeah, the I think the price up. has gone up. <laughs> but not by much if it's a buck 20, so I'm fine. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.